This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everyone. I'm Anthony Kashevis, joined by Jason Beck, here to talk Tigers, and this is our off-season review as we are dangerously close to pitchers and catchers reporting in Lakeland, Florida. And Beck, um, I don't know about you, but I was certainly taken back by the overall scope of the Tigers' offseason. Now, it's easy to say in retrospect, you know, when Mr. I breaks out the wallet, he breaks it out in a big way. We know that. Uh, we knew that going in. But there was certainly a lot of indicators you know, organizationally and, and the changes made last year to suggest that, well, maybe the Tigers are going about things a little bit of a different way, but uh, obviously they were one of the winners' bigger spenders. Yeah, they, uh, they're they pretty all-encompassing there. Uh, you know, it, I, I think it was impressive the way that, you know, they, they you know, Al Avila, first offseason as general manager, had a shopping list. He stuck to it by and large, and then when uh, – when the uh, I guess when the authorization came to make a bigger splash there near the end, they were ready for it, and you know they were able to get Jordan Zimmerman early, but they still had money later to uh, be able to to go after Justin Upton. Do you think, and this has been pointed out elsewhere, but the the money they uh, commit to Upton, as you said, late in the game, late in free agency, do you think there's any argument that uh, it would have been Better off, uh, you know, addressing various needs earlier in the winter with with those resources, or is it just a matter of, you know, certain players are, are worth that kind of commitment, unexpected though it may be at the time. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on, on what you're looking for. Um, yeah, the, the relief market, if you're looking at that, I, I think really the the better pieces there were available via trade. And the Craig Kimbrell deal, they didn't really have the prospects for something like that. Right. Aldous Chapman, his situation was such a roller coaster. I think if you were going to look at them putting those types of financial resources elsewhere, I think, you know, maybe that would have been an area of priority, but, but the market didn't play that way. Right. Um, you know, could they have gone in on a David Price or, or maybe a, a Hiring pitcher, yeah, I mean they, they could have tried, but I think the odds were were against them. You know, even if they they gave it a little boost, I think it just the way the market played out. It it just this was kind of the way it was going. That if they were going to make a major outlay, it was either going to you know, it was going to be in left field or some sort of outfield spot, or you know maybe you spend a little bit more in that setup position and fortify the, or, you know, in the bullpen overall, besides closer, and then fortify the bench. So, you know, instead of, say, a Mark Lowe, maybe you go after one of the bigger names. But, again, it's it's one of those where I think once you got past those top-tier guys, and 
mind you, we're talking about a market where you know you're still looking at guys like Antonio Bestardo still out there and, and wondering what was going on. Could they have gotten there in O'Day? I mean, maybe, but it depends on I guess what the uh, you know what his preferences would have been. I think all the reports suggested that he wanted to stay close to the East Coast, you know, for uh, you know for his wife's uh, career. Um, I guess the one thing you wonder, and I, I think we've we've brought this up before, is if Al had known that they were going to have that money available to go after an Upton or a Cespedes, would they have made the deal for Maven and made the deal for, for Mike Avilas? And, uh, you know, Al Avila says that, uh, you know, it, it was a sudden change, but that even with the change, he still sees a fit there. I guess you know, uh, we'll have to see how center field shakes out. I guess before really making a full determination on that, but it, it's certainly a deeper outfield now. Uh, would they have gone after different pieces there to fill out that outfield had they known going in that left field was going to be a, a bigger outlay? Yeah, you make a good point about the bullpen in particular, just because uh, it was such a thin market, and, and so there wasn't a lot of opportunity to to even do much. Uh, lavish spending there uh, early on or late but and it's also a great area to throw good money at throw good money at bad basically uh, and it's an area where you can definitely knows, find we've seen that in recent years very much so yeah I mean, you look at Mark Lowe uh, what did he make last year with the Mariners and Blue Jays he made like a million bucks or something and he gets a two year 11 million dollar contract for the Tigers but he's an example of one of many examples of guys uh, of teams finding you know bargains in the bullpen bin. Um, I kind of like the overall complexion of the Tigers bullpen much more now than, than previously. I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who really like the Justin Wilson acquisition in particular. Obviously K-Rod is the big name, um, but, but that trade for Justin Wilson, uh, you know, there, there's a very nice setup presence for them. So what are your thoughts on the bullpen now? Uh, it wasn't as big of a splash, obviously, as, uh, as what they did in the rotation and the outfield, but it was certainly an area they addressed. Yeah, I think it's one of the more balanced late inning trios they've had in quite a while. Maybe, maybe it was in the days when you know, Phil Cook was kind of at his peak form, and you had Joaquin Benoit and Jose Valverde. So you're talking what about uh, five years ago now, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this, from from a balanced talent standpoint, you know this might be better than that trio. So you might even be looking way back to, you know, when they had that uh, Rodney, Zamaya, Todd Jones term for it, uh, you know, back in 06. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be curious to see how it plays out in the seventh and eighth innings. I think what it's done is it's given Brad Ausmus a lot more options than he had, you know, really the last couple of years as far as how he wants to play matchups and how he wants to uh, go something, and, and he's indicated some flexibility with that. Uh, you know, being, you know, maybe on some nights, depending on which spot in the order comes up, and whether it's lefties or righties, it could be Mark Lowe seventh and Justin Wilson for the eighth, or it could be flipped around. So yeah, they have some, some options there. You're also able to mix in guys like Blaine Hardy and, and some of your, uh, I, I guess, shorter stint guys. 
in uh, smaller doses compared to, to last year where it felt like it stretches that, that uh, Osmus had to save Alex Wilson for the best situation possible because he was really the one reliable arm he had for certain stretches. So it, uh, I, I think this is the year we'll kind of see a little bit more of what Brad Austin's bullpen philosophies really are. And you know, the rotation is something that uh, obviously needed to be addressed in some kind of meaningful fashion, even just from a numbers standpoint. Um, there was some thought that, well, they're, they're going to sign two starters. You know, we, we thought going into the winter, they're, they're probably going to sign two starters, so probably more of the mid-tier, but then uh, immediately jumped on Jordan Zimmerman, which, as we talked about back, that, that seemed like a situation where uh, the team had a clear need, the guy had a clear preference for what part of the country he wanted to play in, and so it came together quickly uh, and accordingly. Um, so it just felt, felt like a good fit there. And, of course, Mike Pelfrey on top of that. What are your thoughts now as far as how the rotation aligns and, uh, and the depth they have um, in the obvious, you know, candidates to start the year, but, but also now um, deepening that, that overall outlook so they have some depth uh, should injury strike during the season? Yeah, I think it's a deeper rotation in terms of uh, filling options than they've had in a, in a couple of years now, uh, and you know that's more thanks to the deals they did summer, I guess, than, than what they've done this off season. But I, I think you see a combination of you know, with the Zimmerman signing, you've got the front end of the rotation shored up here for the foreseeable future with uh, Zimmerman, Verlander. And, you know, Fanderball Sanchez gets back to his old form. You can slot him in at the three. But at the same time, it also gives the Tigers flexibility to be able to work in those younger arms down the road. And I think that was one of the facets of that Mike Pelfrey signing that, that uh, kind of gets overlooked was that, yeah, I guess, you know, if, if money was no object, could they – you know, in theory, could they have gone after somebody bigger? Yeah, but I don't think they wanted to necessarily make that long, long-term commitment regardless because I think they want to have spots open to be able to mix in younger pitchers and kind of give back to, you know, what, they were, what they've done in uh, previous retooling situations where, you know, you mix in veterans with younger cost control arms, you know, supply a little infusion of youth there. And I think now the, you can kind of see the door open, not just for, for Daniel Norris, who, you know, unless he slips up, you would figure it would be the favorite fast fit spot, but but also a guy like Michael Fulmer, you know, maybe even a Matt Boyd, uh, you know, if he takes a, a step up here. Um, and you can see You can see room for those guys down the line where, you know, they're not just competing for depth positions, but they also have an opportunity to kind of be part of the long-term plan. Last thing, Beck, uh, the Upton signing. Now, this is a guy who he's, he's very consistent from a numbers standpoint when, when you look at the full season totals. He's very inconsistent when you look within those seasons and, and how he arrives to those numbers. And for that reason, it seems to me the Tigers are, are a great fit for him and that he's obviously not going to be counted on to totally carry this lineup. And, uh, 
know, as exciting as this late winter signing was, is it any more exciting than Miguel Cabrera coming back healthy? Victor Martinez uh, hopefully staying healthy. Uh, it just seems like this is a good situation for, for Upton to blend in uh, more than to have to stand out as a superstar. Yeah, he's kind of that supporting cast guy now. I think you know, not supporting cast, but kind of you know, one of those co-stars now as opposed to having the weight of being the guy in the lineup. And, you know, it doesn't just help from a protection standpoint, but I think it also helps just from an overall, um, you know, offensive balance. You know, in, in what other lineup could you look at him as far as his previous stops and think this guy could be a number two hitter. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's unique to think about, but in this lineup, you could totally see it happening. Uh, and, and if it does, I'll be curious to see how he reacts to that, whether that prompts a, any sort of adjustment in his approach and whether that provides an opportunity to uh, do anything different and maybe take advantage of his athleticism. Absolutely. All right. I want to thank Jason Beck for joining us as he does every week. And it uh, won't be long before pitchers and catchers report to Lakeland, Florida, and Beck will be there. Uh, thank you all for listening. This has been MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.